Have you ever wondered why we age? Do we have to even accept aging? I truly believe we don't have to accept that at all. And I can help you understand the aging process and possibly even reverse your age so long as you are willing to go deep into your mind and question everything you've been living so far. This podcast has been the product of my obsession as just a regular dad to not only live long to be around for my kids, but to thrive in living as long as possible. My aim is to inspire you through amazing real-life stories focusing on the mind, the body, and the spirit. We will look into the impact of trauma and methods to tap into the unconscious to tackle that stored trauma. I will go into the science of aging and aim to demystify the current technology, supplements, exercise routines, and nutritional practices Most importantly, I'm going to learn with you. Together, we are going to crack the code to living a happy health span. Come and join me on Let's Grow Young. The first part of this episode will take you into the apparent glamour life of Lisa Butcher, a former fashion model for Ralph Lauren, someone who appeared on the cover of Elle magazine and Vogue, a TV presenter on The Big Breakfast and What Not To Wear, and actually someone who I remember as being the face of the 1990s. The second part of this episode is where we will unravel the myths of the so-called glamour life, and it taps into the problems Lisa faced with store trauma, which forced her to listen to her unconscious using therapy known as the inner dance, a therapy which in only one session Lisa applied to me and fixed my sleep issues, which I have had to deal with for all of my life so far. And thereby, Lisa has played a massive role with her therapy in making me feel truly energised and younger. Just to kind of give you an idea again about what my podcast is about, it's called Let's Grow Young. It's a a play on words. And it actually originated through my dislike of the term biohacking. Um, And... um, and as I've kind of been researching into why we age, what are the things that um, contribute to aging, um, I've, I've quickly learned that before people get physically fit, there needs to be an alignment between your emotional health, your inner energies, and your, your, your physical health. And so I'm on a journey to try and talk to people who contribute into that space. Um, and, um, and, and I think as, as we go into this, I do want to speak to people who've had, um, a, a journey in their life through emotional healing. Um, some of those journeys I think, um, have been quite traumatic to some of the people I've speaking to. Some of them have been traumatic and inspiring. So I do want to go through and talk to people, um, about their journeys, but always ending through, um, the the concepts and the 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 practices that help to heal and that's where i think your energy um and uh, health and um in a dance type of therapy and coaching comes in um does that all sound okay does that all sound sounds great well? the great thing about us getting together is actually come through mutual friends through sunil and tara and um and um i think through a football match you guys were watching the the women's world cup <laughs> yes that's right um, you guys got talking and Sunil said, well, I've got a mate who's been through something of a, of a similar um, awakening. And so I think, yeah. He didn't tell me what, though. He was very, like, look, he very much held your confidence. He just said yeah. you, you, you had a life change and he didn't expand. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something I still struggle to, to bring out, um, mostly because I've got two kids. Um, but um, it, it's a very tough COVID story. And so I think... Um, I think it's a case of um, my, my my wife is a doctor and she 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 had been treating COVID patients and looking after COVID patients during lockdown um, and I was at home with two kids um, two boys the traumas of all that was quite difficult I had a lot of things going on in my personal life and my professional career and this apparently lovely house that I live in was becoming like a prism for me and 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 um through a lot of traumas at work through a lot of traumas in my relationships at home through a lot of things that everyday people went through with covid um i i just couldn't cope um and i guess the difference with me was and the the thing that 
that affected me the most was that um, I was coping with this as being a, a, a single parent at home could, because my wife was looking after uh, patients and being at work. And so for me, it was it would have been wrong of me to talk about my problems when my wife was coming home after looking after COVID patients. So I chose to just shut up and I chose to just to just um, stay quiet. Um, and then one day um, on the way to Canary Wharf where I work, um, I just um, ended up waking up, I don't know how, on a bench at Finchley Road Station with a bunch of guards surrounding me. Um, and I had no concept and no idea of what had happened. Um, and, and, and so something happened at that time, something which I'm still not that comfortable, I think, talking um, uh, too broadly about. Um, but that moment there and then um, was my awakening. And, okay. and that moment there made me actually go inwards. So I, I'd, been, I'd been trying to sprint up a mountain all my life to get to the top of my, my, my professional career um, and, and, and other things. But as you go up mount, mountains, you, you come across valleys. So I decided yep. to jump, jump over the valleys rather than go into them. Um, and it's only that this moment that I decided to go into the valleys and I thought, I don't actually like the person you've become. I don't like this hedonic treadmill that you're on and I'm going to do something about it. So um, in order to cope, um, we got we, one of the things that really helped was my dog, right? And so we, we, we got a dog. Uh, the dog themselves, my Labrador is a healer. Um, but, in, but in doing that, I was forced to... to go on long walks with the dog and I started listening to Jay Shetty podcasts and I really really thought what's the point of listening to stupid trance music or drum and bass music <laughs> on a walk um, so I started to to learn theories to declutter my head theories to reposition my values and 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 I went through that and I I think I came out a different person and and so I decided to go on this journey to become a Jay Shetty certified coach myself. Um, so I went through, I went through the study qualified, um, and, 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 um, so on and so forth. And now I'm coaching clients who get through, who have similar problems, similar issues. Um, but I have a niche in health and nutrition. Um, and so I'm on, I'm also on a mission to help people, um, around my age, which is mid to late forties. Um, Oh, no, I'm older than you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but but I look about ten years older. Right? So, <laughs> so, so, so I'm on a mission to teach people my age that um, they can grow young, and and so I've started to uh, do a, another certification with Harvard Medical School recently, um, looking at nutrition. As I got into this world of of understanding why we age and what we can do about it, I came across a bunch of ridiculous. Um, treatments or tools, which I just said, hold on a minute, I need to try this. There are certain medications and supplements that help you repair your DNA to to awaken your sirtuins and your 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 aging genes. There are certain things that st people stick in their bodies. There's certain technologies. So I decided that I'm going to create a podcast. I'm going to test these technologies and I'm going to give unbiased, unsponsored feedback into what I think of them and 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 what the effect is having on me. Um, which is why I then came to um, yeah. the inner the inner dance, and we'll we'll come to my experience later on that. Um, Sandy, I'd uh, love to when we're not doing this another yeah. time. Love to talk to you about the stuff that you have done. So 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 that's why I'm here, Lisa. Um, and and it's it's quite amazing. People have said to me as I've managed to balance my my head out. They've said, "Wow, what's happened to you? What have you been doing?" I've said nothing. I've just I've just decluttered my head. Um, so you know that's my story. That that that's that's why I'm here. Mine's that's similar. What, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> All right, well, well, on, on on your side, look, I'm I'm amazed to have you here. And 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 to be honest, Lisa, um, I'm I'm around from the um, from the '90s. I I remember you. Um, you know, <laughs> like I remember me back in the day. My former life. I remember life. you back in the day. I know that you were the Els Angels kind of competition Gosh. winner of 1987. <laughs> I've done my research. Your your first really? job after school was with Ralph Lauren in New York City. Um, mine you know more was more about a, me than I do. No, 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 not my first job after school or university was as an accountant. Say, so, hey, I, I know you that. 
of their life. You were the face of the 1990s with Vogue and Elle magazine. You've been on TV adverts. You've been on Big Breakfast that even Cal remembers. And um, <laughs> and uh, you've worked with Chris Evans. You're a, a mum to what seems two lovely girls, Amber and Livia. And from what I understand, one is a singer and one is a, a model. Right. Uh, she's yeah. She's a therapist, and and, and she also models too. A bit okay. like me, actually. Following your mummy's footsteps, and you've uh, you've presented what not to wear with your mate Misha Paris, and you're an ambassador for uh, is it SOS charity? Um, I'm actually amb I'm an ambassador for Christina Noble charity. Actually, okay. I've been uh, yeah. She's amazing. Yeah, yeah. looks so, after kids in Vietnam. Yeah, so, so so I guess from all that, I can see you've had a really, really eventful life. And I've, I've not even uh, talked about um, some of the roller coasters, significant roller coasters that, that you've had in life. And um, I just want to say a word about that before you get into that, because I think from, from my perspective, um, you've had what I call real with a capital R and a trauma with a capital T. Um, and then I think whilst all trauma is stressful, um, not all, all stresses are traumatic. And so I think it'd be really useful to understand how you manage what were the, um, you know, what the emotions you went through, where therapy came into it. And also, Lisa, if there's anything you're not comfortable talking about or not going sure. into it, feel free to cut it down. And so, so, so I guess it, it would be a great starting point just to understand, um, your life has it as it went through the um you know you were clearly a a very famous model um and you know how did this happen when did this happen um well that was never my goal okay. fashion was I never my thing ever i was interested in horses that was my thing so rewind i was born in singapore i grew up in indonesia and in bali i had an amazing childhood you know barefoot on picking up pumice stones watching Caracas towers uh, smoking in the background, and um, I always collected animals, usually ones with like half a leg hanging off or <laughs> or an ear hanging off. Um, and I loved to, I just loved animals, and I loved to look after animals. That that was always my passion. And as a little girl, I was always a little bit of a loner. Uh, I'm probably the black sheep of the family. I never felt as if I quite fit in. I got three elder brothers, much much older than me. And um, while they were sent away to boarding school, I was uh, in Indonesia and I grew up there. And uh, when I was 12 years old, we went to um, South Carolina to visit my aunt, who is was quite a famous uh, portrait artist out there. And her friend um, wanted to take photographs of me because he wanted to paint me. He was, he was a painter as well. And he particularly liked me because he said I had a symmetrical face. I don't anymore because I got a bit older, but it was before it got wonky, it was very symmetrical. <laughs> it looks pretty symmetrical to me. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and anyway, he took these pictures, he gave them to my mum, they're black and white headshots. And uh, Elle magazine had just launched in England. We moved back to England from, um, from, from Asia. And I was thrown into an all girls convent. I don't know what my mum was thinking with that one. I mean, not great really. Um, and in hindsight, not the best place for me. However, I didn't stay there very long because uh, Mum sent these pictures off to Elle magazine, and uh, she never told me. And um, I actually, they called me into London. I was underage, minimum age was 16. And Mum lied about my age in my best interest because she wanted to give me the life that she could never have herself. She was very glamorous, amazing, but she ne never worked that way. And, <laughs> uh, and I won. Weirdly what? enough, I won. And this was never my dream or aspiration. Uh, my dream and aspiration was to work with animals. I thought perhaps being in the mounted police would be a good idea because I like bossing people around. I love horses. Thought, great. Didn't quite realize in my early teens that um, the amount of paperwork and how difficult it would be to be in the mounted police. Um, but yeah, I won. And um, because I was underage, there was a big hoo-ha about it. And film crews were sent to my school, my convent, to film me. And uh, wow. The title was, you know, should, should should youngsters be doing that? Should be they be sexualized at such a young age? So, I guess with all the press and stuff, uh, my my career catapulted. How and, old were you at the time, Lisa? When when this uh, happened? Then I was uh, fourteen. Okay. So, um, I ended up winning Elle magazine on my fifteenth birthday. Amazing birthday present. 
And then I guess the rest is history. You know, my first job, yeah, it was, I had the cover of Elle and then it was Ralph Lauren, as, as you mentioned. And it was just a whirlwind. And to be fair, I was doing live TV at that age, which was crazy because I'm an introvert. I'm very shy. I'm awkward around people. Um, and I just had to do it. I had to get on with it. And I didn't know any other way. And I, I was so young and impressionable. I just, just did it. Um, I left school early. I did finish my GCSEs, although my guy, okay, my girlfriend did um, quite a lot of my coursework for me because I was working. And um, and yeah, and then and then I then we ended up moving to London, and I just travelled, travelled, travelled. I, I, I think I spent more time in Heathrow Airport than actually in a country because I was just going from job to job to job around the world, and, and I didn't and like it. I found so it really hard. So when you took the job with Ralph Lauren, um, how, yeah. how old were you at the time? You, it sounds like you were 16 or 17. I was 15. 15, okay. And where was your head at this, at this time? You, you, you mentioned you, you, you mentioned the whirlwind, the, the whirlwind, and you, you mentioned your dream with animals and so on. Yeah. How were you able to pause, if at all, and understand what was going on? My incentive was uh, to earn enough money to buy a horse. That was it. I was just like, this is... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like I could have got a few like that after uh, after the Ralph Lauren campaign. Um, so no, that was my only incentive. I just wanted to have my horse. So I wanted to buy my own horse, and which I kept, and I did, and I kept it at Richmond Park. And I just wanted that. That was my thing, horses, and that was my pure incentive. So that was my happy place. When I went off modelling, I found it again. I was very young. I was dressed as an adult and having to uh, uh, navigate an adult world. And I think I was a bit clueless. I was very shy. So I, I hid, I was a bookworm. I hid behind my books all the time. And yeah, I was a bit, it was crazy actually. Some things. I just think about like on my 16th birthday, I had supper with Gorbachev. It's like crazy. I had supper with Ronald McDonald on my 16th birthday. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but no, in, in all seriousness, if, you're with Gorbachev on your 16th birthday. How does that happen? How did that happen? No, I didn't even know who he was. Like, well, I saw the splodge on his head, and after, after it's my 16th birthday party. I was alone in Paris. My agency threw me a, threw me a, a dinner. This bloke with a splodge on his head was sitting there, and I was just like, oh, I think I kind of recognise. I was only 16, and then I was I was telling my parents. They were like, you know, who that is. And I was like, no clue. And they were just like, you know, it's Mikhail Gorbachev. And I was just like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. And what, what was your support structure like at this time? I mean, I guess living in that world now compared to when you were doing it would be very different. Yeah. Sorry, my and dog. dog and, and your dog agrees with me, Daphne. She certainly does. Uh, my support network was my mum. She came on every single job with me until I was 17. And at that point, when I was 17, I moved to New York. But she was my saviour, because if it wasn't for her coming to every job with me, I don't know, I, I would have found it too difficult and I, I, I would have run away. Because having her there is 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 just to ground me and to have uh, someone fight my corner was very important. And I don't think a lot of models have that because they're very young, very impressionable. They're asked to do things they might not be comfortable with. And for me to have my mum there, at least I had that voice to kind of... Um, just make sure I was okay. Yeah. Okay. And so I, I, I guess we could spend several episodes just on this part of your life, but I think we we can actually see you've had a whirlwind of a childhood. Um, <laughs> during this process, up to the age of fifteen, stroke sixteen, um, what kind of feelings could you could you feel building up inside, if any? Did you have time to actually? consider how you how your inner self is feeling and and all it just it just seems very transactional yeah i i my go to i don't want to go into my child my yeah. trauma in my childhood too much but um there were times when i was a child i felt quite unsafe and the way that i dealt with that is by um just leaving my body just completely disassociating and that was my go-to way of dealing with when I, when I was uncomfortable. And I think a lot of the time of modeling, I did that. And I, I just felt out of control. I just, I just completely fell out of control. And when I was 16, I ended up getting an eating disorder. I was going to modeling jobs in Paris for the shows. They had a tape measure measuring me every day, saying I could only have a coffee and half an apple. Every day, if I put on one millimeter, they were like, you know, don't eat, get out. It was, you know, a lot of body shaming. And so I ended up very sick. I had ulcers all over my mouth, my tongue down my throat. I ended up in hospital. 
Um, so at that point, yeah, and, and I was also, I had puppy fat. I was a baby. So being told that you're fat all the time and told that you should change this, your legs are too short, your ears are too big, your nose are too big. It was it was quite hard. It was hard. And all I wanted to do was get home and be, be with my horse. So, yes. yeah, I, I struggled quite a lot. But I managed to, I never had therapy at that point. I only had therapy much later on in my life. But I think, I, again, I managed to deal with it by disassociating. I wasn't particularly happy. And if I look back at all my 20s, it was more like a car crash, really. It okay. was very full on. And uh, yeah, I was not embodied at that stage at all. Okay. And I was whoever anyone else wanted me to be. I wasn't me. I just, I was who you wanted me to be. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to absolutely respect what you said and, and not dwell too much on, on, on that part of, of your life. But clearly there's, we, you've kind of summarized um, what was going on there, there very well. Um, then what, what was the next stage of your life? And, and uh, you know, you, you, again, I think the whirlwind seems to have continued. TV adverts, Big Breakfast, et cetera, right. et cetera. Um, what was the next stage of your life? Next stage of my life was meeting a bloke called Marco Pierre White. Um, and, uh, and it was one of those situations. I clearly ran into the arms of an older man looking for a father figure. I wanted someone to protect me. And I was very naive and I, I chose the wrong person essentially and it all ended up very public and this is the thing I, I, I my teenager years and all of my 20s was public fodder and I hated it I, I, I like walking down the street I'd be like this I didn't want anyone to see me I felt embarrassed if people would come up to me I didn't know if they were genuine my they were friendly or not and I just I, I found it really uncomfortable again introvert I found it and shy I found it really uncomfortable so um, how did I deal with it? Ugh. It was just a difficult part of my life, really. I, yeah. I, I think I just suppressed everything. And of course, when you suppress things, they will come out sideways later on. And with me, because I, I find it hard to verbalize my feelings, I somatized my feelings, so it would come out in illness. So a lot yeah. of the times I'd have a lot of illness and, um, not a lot of illness. I would have illness. I'd have immune problems. And just because I couldn't speak my truth and get it out of my body, which thankfully I've learned how to do now, which you clearly learn how to do. I'm learning. I'm learning. And, <laughs> and, and, and your therapy, which we're going to get on to, um, has, has taught me a lot as well about other techniques I've been used to, 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 to heal myself. Um, um, again, don't want to dwell about Marco Pierre White. Um, but you mentioned that it, you were looking for, and I'm paraphrasing, um, someone a bit older than you. A, a, it's sounding like a, a, a comfort, a comfort figure. That, so, that that kind of links to your past, right? It, mm -hmm. it kind of links to it. And um, I understand that you guys met in in a club that I used to go to as well. Was it Tram? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, he, he was there, and and that um, relationship um, was a was a short marriage in the end, right? Is it? It was annulled right from the get-go. It was. Okay. I'd like to bring this up because this, this, this just shows that actually, when things are bad, when things are burnt to the ground, and you're feeling your worst, there's always a glimmer of light. If I don't leave now, you're not going to be able to leave. And that was my. That was how I left. And this is the thing that saved me in my life. You know, but when things have been really bad, I've had insights. I've had. In, in, insights from, I would like to say, from source to give me information to get me out of that situation. So from that, it was quite scary at the time, seeing that vision, because it felt very real. But that was my saving grace. And that was what got me out of the situation. And, and I've had many moments like that, where I've had interventions from above that have put me back on the path that I'm meant to be. And I think, I think you mentioned a few things already around interventions from the past. You mentioned some stuff around kind of, I think you use words such as leaving your body, yeah. which is already during this period, you seem to be connecting with this therapy around inner, inner dance and inner healing, maybe yeah. even without knowing it at the time that, that that's what you were doing. And this is what I'm finding interesting. I'm finding that you seem to have come to a therapy which has supported you in your life without you actually knowing that it was a formal therapy at, at that yeah. time. Um, and 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 we we will come to that and 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 I promise you. And again, you've got a lot of pressures going on. There's a a, a, a lot going on in your life again. Um, how long after the annulment with Marco Pierre White um, did you start getting yourself um, 
back together again if, if that's the kind of word I can use um, if you you know um, at what point did you start getting any clarity around where you wanted to go in the future and, and then what did that look like I don't think I did I don't I really don't think I did I think in my 20s again I was just in I felt as if I was on a very fast moving train and I couldn't get off and I just kind of again suppressed everything disassociated and just got on with it I, I was the walk I was walking wounded I had I had trauma stored in me. I didn't know what to do with it. I, I, and at that time in my life, I'd never heard of therapy. It wasn't something that was offered to me. So I just, I don't know. I, I think I grew up, my, my parents married were super young. My mom was 18 when she married. And I think my main goal in life was to, to, I know it sounds a bit pathetic, but at that age, just to get married and have kids. I wanted a stable home. That's what I wanted stability. I wanted roots. And that was my goal. <laughs> you just wanted, it sounds like you just wanted a simple life and you were thrown into a, <laughs> anything but simple life. <laughs> well, my, my, maybe my choices in men haven't been that simple because the <laughs> next choice was a, was a Chilean polo player. And it certainly wasn't a simple life, like flying around the world on the polo circuit, but it was certainly very exciting. How did you two meet? It's... Uh, uh, it, yeah, how did you meet? That was that was a that was an amazing story. So um, Gabrielle Donso, right? The yes, that's right. So my agent Katrina Skepper at the time <clears throat> was talking about her ex her ex boyfriend, and she was saying she was talking about this bloke called Gabrielle Donso, and that we should go and see him play polo. And I'd never been to a polo match, and of course I loved horses. So I thought, why not? So we got to the. How could you not gone to a polo match having loved horses? <laughs> so like, I don't know. It just wasn't in my. I was more into dressage. Dressage was my thing. It wasn't really the sport. It was more that and and show, like jumping and and, and stuff rather and, than and modelling like, for Ralph Lauren polo. We, we need to explore this separately <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I went to the polo match. She introduced me to this very handsome man. Uh, who was Gabrielle, who sat next to me. I could barely understand him because his English was so broken. However, he was. we just talked horse the entire time. And I told him I had a sick horse and he was just like, oh, I'll look after your horse. Come and, you know, I've got stables here. Let's see what we can do. And then sort of that was the clincher. You just talk horse with me. And that was like, and seeing him ride, that, that was a bit I fell in love with because he was part of the horse. He was a horse whisperer. So, well, like all the other polo players are off celebrating after the polo match. He'd be back in the stables looking after the horses. And I just thought, that's a decent guy. Yeah, he's an amazing guy. Because that's the kind of thing I would do. It's not about the people, it's about the animals. So, yeah, yeah he, he was, yeah, I fell in love with him. And I had my children with him. So I was very blessed and very lucky because he also comes from an amazing family who've been very supportive and incredible throughout my life and through, through my life since I've met him. And, and were you still modeling at that time and doing, doing TV shows? Yeah, 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 I was actually. Um, it was a bit more difficult because I was, I was like being the polo wife and flying around following him. But yeah, I was still, I was still, I was still doing it and uh, yeah. still busy working and trying to juggle everything. Okay, okay. And, and uh, then the two of you got married, uh, when was it? Was it in the 2000s? I don't even remember that. I don't remember the dates. I'm, I'm terrible with dates. But we got married. We we had we I had Ollie very early on, and then I had Amber. And uh, yeah, I, I, then after that, I found life in Chile quite difficult. It was back at the day then. It was very machismo. Women stayed at home doing the cooking, looking after children. Men went off and did what they had to do, and I don't like that because I'd always had my own job and always done things myself. So I, I found that part quite difficult and in yeah. hindsight you know my life I've done I've been very impulsive and jumped into things without really seeing things properly and potentially that's what happened with Gabrielle but you know we we ended up parting ways but we always got on extremely well and we were getting back together when he died which was very sad mm. and um and and I think um again it was just when I was reading all the stories, I think sadness is is something that comes through very clearly. A lot of trauma there as well. But just 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 prior to um, Gabrielle passing away, um, I think your father was quite unwell as well at the time. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. It was it was a it was a tricky time because my dad had been uh, ill for three years, and Mum and I were giving him dialysis at home. And uh, yeah, I I had the phone call that. Gabriel had had a polo accident. He was in Argentina. Had a call um, from his sister, right? 
Correct. Gosh, you've yes. done your research. Yes, Corbyn is his stuff. And uh, yeah, she was. Just, it was a day of my father's funeral. I just buried daddy, got home, phone, phone rang. She said, sit down. I need to tell you something. Gabrielle's had an accident. You need to get to Argentina now. And I was just like, this is a joke. You know, it's my father's funeral today. She's like, it's not a joke. You need to go now. So um, I got on the plane with my girls. And that was the thing. It was just like, how do you tell your children something that is going to change their life for the worst? How, how are you going to find, how are you going to, how was I going to find the words to convey that their dad's dying to them? I mean, it was just, my initial reaction was protect them. Don't tell them anything keep them away from any pain because that's kind of what I did with myself um, in my child in my life and actually when I spoke to a child psychologist they said it's the worst thing you could do that I could do I had to give them full disclosure I had to let them feel in control and part of the situation so when we got on the plane there were only eight and ten at the time um, I just said daddy's had an accident we need to go see him and then when we got to the hospital, um, the doctors sat down with me and the kids and told us straight what was going on. And then they went to see him to say goodbye. And then I think that night they switched the machines off. So yes. that was, yes, my dog saying that was, wasn't, wasn't an easy time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, truly, truly sorry that you had to go through all of that. And, and I, I can't even begin to fathom um the whirlwind of emotions and trauma that you're going through at the time um and uh particularly with the, with the childhood whirlwind you had but i think this is a point where if it's okay with you i'd like to start talking about therapy um yes. and I'd, I'd like to start talking about healing unless there's a, any other parts of the past that you'd like to also bring up at, at this point how did the healing process begin lisa how did so, the do, do you mind if I let my dog in? Because all I hear is her marching up and down. If she comes here, she'll settle. Do you mind if I just That's one That's fine if I can bring mine in. That's fine. Yes. <laughs> no, she's a Doberman. A Doberman? Lovely. Wow, I love Dobermans. Yeah. Lovely. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. Lovely. <laughs> Lovely. Um, so you, you, we, we haven't even talked about Big Breakfast. And, and to be honest, I'm, I'm not really that interested in talking about okay. it, yeah, unless you really want to. Um, um uh, I'm, I'm not sure how long you're on there for, but I could talk about Big Breakfast, Chris Evans. But I guess the part I want to really focus on is that the Big Breakfast part would have just been another whirlwind. And so, but I want to give you sufficient time to talk about healing and uh, Thank and, you. and then in healing. So I don't yeah. really give a crap about what happened with Chris Evans, if I'm honest. I think uh, <laughs> let's let, let's talk about healing. How did Lisa okay. begin to heal? Okay, so through my bereavement. I, um, for the first time in my life, because I'd been in fashion for 30 years, I took a step back and I was like, right. And, and, and to be honest, I didn't, fashion didn't open my heart. The, the, one of my most favorite jobs was what not to wear because there was a psychology element to dressing people. And that always interested me and in what, what makes the mind work. So during that time of bereavement, I stepped back from, I was in the middle of filming what not to wear, the second one. And once I finished that, I just stopped all work. I took time out to look after my mother and my children. And I used to cry myself tonight uh, to sleep at night every night. And I'd wake up in floods of tears every morning. And I would just patch myself up, get myself together, look after my kids, get them to school, cry all the way home. And, uh, and just, yeah, it was, a, it was a tough time. However... Whilst I was propping everybody else up, I thought I was doing well. I thought I was holding it together. And, and a friend of mine said, I think you need a bit of help. And I was like, me? No, I'm fine. And he was just like, no, I, th I think you do. So I actually did proper therapy for the first time. And I saw a bereavement counsellor. And this bereavement counsellor um, was also a Reiki master. So I'd do the talking therapy. And then she'd do hands-on therapy with me. And I'd never done Reiki or never really heard. It wasn't well, in my orbit before that. For, for people who don't know what it is, could you, could you summarize what Reiki is? OK, so Reiki is energy work, essentially. It, it originates in Japan. And, uh, and it is a way of doing hands-on healing where you use your body as a conduit 
and you um, use particular symbols. You have attunements. You have their three their different levels, and when you get to the different levels, you have different symbols, and you imagine these symbols going through you as you're as you're um, putting your hands on someone, and then you actually physically feel the energy coming through your hands. Like mine will go all tingly and quite hot, and I found that. Um, I did it on my animals first because I've always had animals and then I, I started doing it on myself and I was just like, oh, this seems to work. And it was the first time that I'd been exposed to energy work. So um, after I did a bit more bereavement counselling, I asked her if she could teach me my Reiki 1 and 2, which I did over two years. Most people do it in a weekend. I did it over a couple of years and I really enjoyed it. And at that point in my life, um, I was reading so many books. I, wa I wanted to know what happened to the soul when you die. I wanted to know what happens, like what happens in life after death. But because of my upbringing, I always believed in reincarnation, and and in in and in Bali, it's like part Hindu. So yeah, I'm, I was I'm Hindu. I'm Hindu. Oh. Right, so, yeah, I, 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 I started researching what happens to the soul, what happens to you, and I and I, and then then I started sketching symbols. I started I don't know how, but I started. These, and, I, and I wasn't really a drawer or, or, or that creative. And I started making jewelry. And it was more like talismans that I could hold on to to give me power to get through, this, to get through the day. And I made Lakshmi, which was one of my first ones, and a gold Lakshmi ring, it's a, 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 which is the Hindu goddess of abundance, isn't she? And then I did. I'm, I'm uh, nodding my head like I'm a, a devout Hindu. Um, my mum will argue that I'm not, but yeah, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I know the god you're referring to. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, and then and then Sanskrit symbols, and I found power in that, and then I started researching that, and. Um, then I thought, oh, I want to make I want to make things for people to carry around with them to make them feel better. And then, whilst I was doing that, designing these jewelry pieces for myself, I started doing more and more courses. So I started stepping away from my old life and stepping into my new one, which is I did a year long um, diploma in cognitive hypnotherapy and NLP. And uh, it was nice for me because I, I, you know, I've never enjoyed school very much. I wasn't interested in anything I learned. And finally, I was interested in what I learned. So I, I was actually kind of okay at it. <laughs> um, so I learned that. And then I learned um, other different uh, healing modalities, d d just for fun, really, because I, I just like, I enjoyed the learning. And then um, what else did I learn? I learned, then, then I got into shamanism, which I thought was amazing. I'd never... yeah, what is shamanism? What is shamanism? So shamanism is, um, you've heard of shamans, right? Shamans yes. are, the, are the healers of the ancient healers before we had allopathic medicine. So if you'd get sick, you'd go and see a shaman and a shaman would, a shaman believes that they can heal on a soul level. So it's very different to allopathic medicine. So they would go into a trance state They and they would... Um, they would help you in this trance state. A lot of times they believe that trauma um, comes from, uh, if you experience trauma, whether it's a car crash, bereavement, whatever, uh, a part of your soul breaks off. So what the shaman would do, they would do this thing called a soul retrieval. So they go into, um, and you can do this through hypnotherapy as well. You, uh, you can go into a trance and you can see how the person, how they had their heart break. And you can go and pick up that soul piece and you can put it back in them. So this is all energetic work. So when I started hearing and learning about that, I thought, oh, this is interesting because I'd learned about hypnotherapy as well. And there were there was a little bit of a crossover with, with some of the techniques. And I particularly like shamanism because it's working with spirit. And ever since I was a little girl, my brothers are so scared of ghosts. They terrified me with the idea of ghosts. So for me to actually discover shamanism and to learn about working with spirit, that all spirits aren't ghosts and they're not all poltergeists like that, buddy movie <laughs> they're not all going to start thinking, spinning I'm, their heads around and I'm, flying i'm thinking about only fools and horses when they do the same <laughs> <laughs> i'm thinking exorcist yes, so, yes. <laughs> um so no it's so after learning about that i was just realized that i just picked up all of my brother's fear so i gave it back to them and i started my own journey working with spirit and, and connecting with spirit and connecting with something bigger than myself. So it's consciousness. And that is the thing that saved me the most. That is the thing that helped me patch myself back together again, I'd say, is that connection. Okay. All right. And and just briefly, how did that patching together work? I mean, what, 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 clearly you had major bereavement. And so that was a major part of what the souls were picking up. But 
well, what, what were the other patches and, 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 and how is it all being brought together? And um, I'm, I'm hugely skeptical with all this, but, but ultimately I'm going to come back to my experience, which, which proved me wrong. Um, so yeah, sure. had, had, you know, what, what kind of things did you find were being patched together? So that's the thing, Sandra, right? is sometimes we go into judgment from pe- what people have experienced. And in my experience, I usually go into judgment when I don't understand it when I haven't experienced something myself. So it's like a knee-jerk reaction, a bit like me and the ghosts. So I thought, all ghosts are bad. <laughs> Let's put it over there. And then finding out, actually, that was just me being really naive, that all it is is spirit, it is, is, is energy, and we are all energy. Yeah. So it, would, it made perfect sense to me that once the body's gone, there's still energy left behind. And if you can kind of tune into that, you can, you can pick up that energy. So it might not be in, in, in the form that we know now, but, it, but it's still there. Sorry, going back to what you asked me, what were the things that really helped me and, and patched me back together again? I think it was um, giving myself time, not being in the rat race, stepping back from the rat race and, um, and having time to gently study things without having because I'd worked since I was 14. I never took my foot off the gas because it was, I supported my kids and it, was, it wasn't easy. So um, after all my bereavement and everything, I met an amazing guy called Michael Jacobson and he kind of took me under his wing. He saw that I, when he first met me, I was, in, I was barely holding things together and he allowed me the time because I didn't need to work. He supported me. He allowed me the, to the time to step back and reflect and to be able to find out where my interests lay, because I didn't know. I was just whatever everyone else wanted me to be. So I think it was only in the past 12 years, no, yeah, 12 years that I really stepped into who is Lisa Butcher and discovered that I have got a voice and I do have something else to offer than just my looks. Um, and so having that time, I think, was 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 what I needed and it was such a big gift for me. So, um my healings come in the in 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 from animals, from people, from my learning, and from tuning my mind into a different place. Instead of like just watching Netflix and watching crap and thrillers, I'm now watching Matthias Di Stefano. I'm watching. You're I'm watching, watching documentaries that I send you from Amazon. Yeah. That was amazing. I love that. Oh my gosh. I've yeah. given it out to so many different people. That's a best thing. I, we, we got to that part one hour in and I thought, oh my God, this is what Lisa does. This is what, what happened to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So can we talk about what happened to you? We, we will. But what's actually really interesting about yeah. what you just said is, if you look at the backdrop of my podcast, I'm trying to challenge all these companies who are coming up with these mega expensive things to make you hack your biology and make you get younger. And then you've got the blue zones approach and some of the technologies do work. I've seen performance related stuff that really does work, but the stuff that you've just talked about is finding more time, um, mm-hmm. community in Michael Jacobson, mm-hmm. animals mm-hmm. to an extent are part of the community. You talked about your values and mm-hmm. essentially talk about decluttering your head. Most of that is free to do. It's about mm-hmm. finding your inner self. And so yeah. I'm, I'm loving it because my hypothesis when I started this podcast was that this is where we're going to end up. And, and that's what, what you've ultimately come back to. See, 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 I'm just avoiding me talking about my experience. So I'm just blabbing I on. I can tell. So do you want to talk about my experience? Okay. Actually, no, can I just mention one more thing before we go into that? You were saying that I, all, all the things that work for me. What what happened when I was uh, lived with Michael is also that um, I started having a very uh, I, I worked out three four times a week so I was fit and also I changed what I ate I started eating healthily I didn't eat crap anymore well I did a little bit but I'll always mm-hmm. eat a little bit but yep. I didn't live on crap so I was giving myself the right nutrients because that was very much his influence he's very much into fitness and health and I never really was um, but I think that helped me enough that that helped me a lot. It's, so, it, it has to be mind, body, and spirit. It does. Yeah, it's, it's it's the alignment of mind, body, and spirit, which is which yeah. is what, what we're trying to achieve. Just just very quickly on that. Um, in terms of nutrients, what does your typical feeding cycle look like? 
for on, on a typical day. Now it's changed. Yeah, it's back in my twenties. I'm a bit embarrassed to say, actually, to be fair. Um, but now I'll wake up. Okay, so I wake up and I have my AG greens. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, AG Greens, they're, they're doing the rounds. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've not tried AG Greens yet, but people like Huberman use them, so they must that's be pretty I, good. Yeah, That's how I heard about them. I put collagen in that. So that's what I have first thing in the morning. And then I have my coffee. See, I'm not that, you know. What type, of coffee? Coffee. what type of coffee? I have a mixture of lion's mane and normal coffee. Like Amazing. And Amazing. then I also have a shot of espresso. Then I have a shot of, um, what is it called? Like hazelnut Nespresso. Yeah. So I have yeah. a bit of everything. So, so, um, so, I, so I've been, I've been um, trying two brands for mushroom coffee. And yeah. one is Dirty and the other one is London Nootropics. And I'm not sponsored by any of them. But yeah. I have found the London Nootropics range has been really good. And the adaptogens, the, the adaptogens in them, such as Lion's Mane. Some of them yet have ashwagandha. Some even have CBD in there. And um, I have found that the spikes um, don't happen anymore. But you, you you continue to get the benefits that caffeine gives. Amazing. I'm gonna I'm gonna get some. Thank you for okay. that little. They're, they're coming onto the podcast. Actually, they're coming onto the podcast. I, I'll, I'll tell you what. Let's not tell too many people. But I'll try and get us a discount. <laughs> Yay! Go on then. <laughs> right, okay, so 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 you have your coffee, and then 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 what's so next? I have my coffee, and then I'm usually darting out the door because I I leave before seven to go for my walk with my dog for an hour and a half. I, I'm walking around Hampstead Heath. So you've and got then exposure to sunlight. You've you've got exposure to oxygen and sunlight, fresh air. Well, yeah. as fresh as it I, can be. Actually, that's my saving grace. That's yeah. my most precious time in the morning. Is that hour and a half? Even if it's pouring with rain and freezing cold, and sometimes I hate it. It it's really good for my head, yeah. And just being around trees and being around nature and for, like out of like for, out yeah. of my thoughts and being very present, yeah, that really works for me. And this is I, my time yeah. to go yeah. within and to kind of have that quiet time. Yeah, and I it's, think it's, it's, yeah, it, it sounds perfect. I think you should jump on a tube one day and come down to Pinham with your dog, and our dogs can play in the park, which has got lots of trees. Um, but in all seriousness, your nutrition your nutrition diary so far, yeah. it's greens, it's coffee. Yeah. There's no kind of foods or sugars in yet there, are no, there? No, but then I'll have a piece of toast. I'll have bovril or honey with butter. What time and would then, that be? What time would that be? When I get back from my walk, uh, nine, nine-ish, okay. ten-ish. Yeah. And then lunch, what will I have? Um, I eat loads of salads and soups. So if I'm cooking for myself, it'd be salad and soup, really boring. Or and, and I'm terrible though. I quite like Deliveroo. So if if I'm really busy and I haven't got That's time to terrible. eat, yeah. I'll go and I'll, I'll go and get a Deliveroo. Yeah. Um, I love rice. Asian food's my thing because that's where I grew up with, and it's probably pretty Asian. My my diet's quite Asian, so I'll have a lot of uh, rice noodles. I, I'm more I, I love the carbs, so I have to try to cut that down a little bit and have more protein. Um, and I try to get enough veggies in the day. I probably don't, but I do try. So I know what I should eat, and I'm kind of doing it, just not. So, so it sounds it, it sounds like a quite good routine, to be honest. It, 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 there's not many. I didn't hear a lot of processed food there. I didn't hear too many uh, unnatural sugars. Um, so it, it sounds pretty pretty decent. That is. And is there a particular time you try to stop eating in the evenings? Well, yeah, that's the thing. I snack. This, this is this is my that's thing. That's okay. That's um, okay, right? We we we. I would we like, <laughs> I'd like to say I stop eating at six o'clock and that's it. I don't. I yeah. it depends. I, I'm an emotional eater as well. So this Jeez. is the one thing I'm really trying to cut out. So my thing was crisp and chocolate. I mean, Love I it. just guzzled, guzzled, guzzled. A whole, guzzled, a whole so. tub of Ben Jerry's. I've been there. Okay. <laughs> We're talking the same language then. Um, mine's fish food. Um, so yeah, I, I crisp and chocolate. So, and I, and I have to, I, I'm stopping doing that. So instead of like having a packet of crisps, I am probably, there's these like dehydrated cheese things that you can get from Waitrose instead. So I'll have that instead of a packet of crisps. So I'm trying to be a little bit more healthy with my choice. And instead of sweets, I'll have a date. I'll have a fresh date. And that's really sweet. So I'm trying to get my sugars from that source rather than a packet of Haribo's, which is how I used to eat. My my my, my I always associated food with um, a reward, and I'm still working on this, Sanj. I haven't cracked this. So, yeah. <laughs> but that's so, the thing, right? It's about it's about small gains. With you know, you you have a lot of biohackers out there who are are 
not doing anything. They're, they're, they're doing so many things to try and live forever without thinking about health span. And I think you you have got to enjoy yourself. You, uh, for, for, for me, I, I, I want my occasional glass of wine here or there, um, um, but it won't be the habit. Um, I, I, I couldn't operate in in such a disciplined world, um, I think you, you have to enjoy yourself. So I wouldn't shoot yourself too much over that <laughs> pack of Haribo that I can see in the other room as well at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. That sounds great. That sounds great. Anything else on your your, your nutrition that, that you want to mention? I did notice that after our session, yeah. you, you gave us some bone broth. Mm. Yeah. Do you, oh, is yeah. that something you take regularly? I do. I do like. I, I make my own stock now. I used to uh, just buy it. I make my own now, and and that is something that I'm trying to have at night time, like before I go to bed. Um, and and I I think it's really good for me. It's full of collagen. It's like it's it's it's. I like the savory, the salty bit of it. Um, okay. And for, when you do an inner dance process, which is what you did, you, it does take you out your body. So. I, one of the things that's important to me is to ground people before they leave, just in case they're like flying high when they're walking out the door. And I, I don't want that. They need to be back and, and, and very aware of, very embodied before they, before they leave. And bone broth does that. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. I think depending on your time, we're going to do a, a new nutrition episode one day. All right, um, then. Which would be great. So my experience. Go on. So, <laughs> so tell, me, tell me what it was so, like. So the, before I try anything, I try and actually read up everything I can about it. And so I went to your website. I, I, I read about what you do. I, I read about, I think on your website, you talk about paddling in the shallows before learning to swim and all that sort of stuff. Um, you, you described it on the videos and I came in highly, highly skeptical, highly skeptical. <laughs> and and um, uh, because... You know, I think I've just been brought up as a as a macho Punjabi man, um, and we don't do that shit. Is 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 <laughs> is, is, is what my uncles would say. Um, but I think I've started learning that all the, that that there is a whole world out there that had a previous generation actually understood it, they probably would have lived a healthier and longer and better life. So I went into it with an open mind, um, and I'm going to describe this in detail because these were actual emotions I went through. Um, and I, I'm someone who's just a dad, right? I'm, I'm not a celebrity. I'm just a dad. I work in banking, and I'm trying to forge my way into a different career. Got to the four, walked into the four, and I thought, nah, I can't do this. <laughs> I can't do this. So um, walked out of the four. You um, walked out? I, I walked out because I just, I just felt I'm not going to fit in. Um, and I walked right, and there's that little coffee shop full of students on the right. So I sat there, had a coffee, and not an adaptogen coffee, a normal bloody coffee. Um, and um, I thought, right, now no, sort yourself out. So went back in and um, checked into reception. Saw all these people who were dressed for the event, right? They were dressed in loose clothing and there was me in my tracksuit bottoms and tight top and I thought right actually no I was wearing shorts and then you you suggested to me to wear tracksuit bottoms um and so I got in and I thought right okay these people actually seem very much in touch with their their inner self and and I'm not and and so I felt totally out of place um went upstairs into the room and um walked into this room i'm trying to describe it for the listeners it's basically a dark room with lots of lovely mystic smells and um it's not incense is it it's um it's uh it's it's um what do you call it? it's diffuses um, it's no actually i i burn kapal which is which i bring over from mexico which is to purify the, the the space before i start that's one of the and that's also an oil that i use in the process as well on people Okay. Okay. I, yeah. I, I think I need to get that oil um, because I'll bring, it's some a lot back, I'll bring some back from Mexico because I'm leaving that, tomorrow. I'll bring some well, back for you. I, I don't want to see you on TV on nothing to declare being stopped at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> um, Not but, legal. <laughs> yeah, but it, it smelled wonderful. So immediately there was a calming feeling walking in, um, and you got the mats on the floor. So I start to feel at ease. Um, and then you asked us to step up and dance. So start to feel uneasy again. <laughs> so this is where we, we got up and we started shaking. Oh, shaking. Not yeah, dancing, shaking. shaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was a shaking. And so I could see people really into it. 
is my first session. Um, I wasn't quite getting into it and I was trying to stop myself to break out into doing Bangra. Um, but <laughs> and, 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 and I'm not just making that up seriously, seriously, I almost did. Um, but then as I was doing, sorry, um, as I was doing some more recent research about the inner dance in, in an article, you once said that you have to shake the trauma out of your system and, and you compared that to lions. And in fact, I also compare that to my dog. When the dogs do that, that, that thing and they're not even wet, they're doing it because they've got a little bit of stress and they're letting that stress go. So I totally get why you did that and why you do the shaking of the trauma. And, and so, so, so I get it now. At that point in time, I didn't quite get it, um, but I get it now. Um, going into the actual process, I, I don't sleep um, and... So I've been to the London Sleep Clinic. I've had wires coming out of me. I've had sensors and everything coming out of me and I've not been able to sleep. And so when we lie down on the mat, we'll say close our eyes and, and try and be comfortable. And I could get why people might fall into some deep kind of meditative sleep. And then some people around me start to cry and others start to hysterically laugh. And Others were making noises that I've not heard before, and there was loads of stuff going on. And I just thought, you know, and I, I was swearing to myself, thinking, F me, There's something going on in here. Why am I just lying here thinking about what's for dinner? Right? And then I thought, right, okay, close your eyes, close your eyes. The point where I felt something start to change was you're going to tell me off for of this, but um, after the session, I asked you if you put a stone on me. And you said no, it wasn't stone. It was it was titanium or something or, or crystal crystal. Oh, yes. um, it, it was a, some form of crystal you put on me. That is when I thought there's something going on here because that crystal yes. I could feel it penetrating into my body. Yes. I could feel it penetrating in my chest, and I had to open my eyes to see if there was a flame on me. Um, wow. And 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 at the same time, you were bonging this drum. Um, bonging and, the drum, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so, terminology. Yeah, and, and so so I thought, hold on a minute, hold on. You've come into this so judgmental, but you're now beginning to feel something. Um, and 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 because of that incident with the uh, crystal, that's when I thought, right, there is something here. I need to come back for another session, and I need to try this again. Gee. So I got up, and I could see the impact it had on everyone else. And I'm just wondering to myself, why haven't I had this impact? Have I come out too judgmental? sat down downstairs afterwards, had a bit of bone broth, had a good chat with the other, everyone else. But then things start to change when I got home. And I think you had said actually, when we went home, that some of you may experience some emotions when you get home, you may feel a deep sense of relaxation. You talked about trying to have a bath and, and all that stuff. Yeah. And I, I got home and literally just in the room next door, it was around 7 p.m., 6, 7 p.m., I was sat on the sofa um, watching TV, my dog next to me. Next thing I know, I'm feeling some licking on my face and I'm thinking, oh, wait, what's this then? And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's about five or six in the morning and my dog's Why? licking me and looking at me confused. And I'm, I'm confused and I'm thinking, what's, what's happened here? Yeah. And I've had the most deepest sleep I've ever had in my life that day. And then my wife said that apparently I was walking around downstairs at 3 a.m. and I've got no recollection of it, no recollection. No. And then so I think the next day I emailed you to tell you this experience and that's when I thought, wow, there is something about this. There is yeah. something about this that works. And if, if someone who's been to the London Sleep Clinic with the experts in sleep or putting, trying to get me to sleep better and they've not been able to and I've had one session with Lisa and I've slept like a baby on the sofa. Um, there's some connection that's gone on here. And, yeah. and so I think the way I conclude with it is that going in as a skeptic, I've come out as a, as a, as an absolute, um, absolute fan beyond, based on the fact that I, I slept really well that night, yeah. but I still think I need to learn more. I think yeah. I need to learn more about that connection with myself, connection yeah. with some of the monsters and demons in my history that I need to address and, and had I not had that effect with my sleep, Me. I would have remained skeptical. And so I'm definitely coming back. I'm definitely coming back to try it again. 
and I'd, I'd, I'd recommend that everyone else does as well. Oh, so glad to have you there. It's it's interesting how it works, isn't it? Because most of these things is in the process that you expect to feel things. But that that's the thing with, with, with this in a dance is is it stays in you and it comes out sometimes days afterwards. And that's but, the thing that people don't expect. And that's the thing that when I first had my uh, inner dance experience, it, it blew me away. I, I'd never... I'd never had such a huge experience with anything. I mean, yep. I had what you would call a Kundalini awakening when when I had my first inner dance experience. See? I had not at that point not done plant medicine, but it, it was, I guess, a plant medicine journey because I had full on visuals. I was literally almost levitating off the floor, um, and it changed the way I looked at life in one yeah. session. It was extraordinary. And when I finished that session, it took me about quite a few hours until I could verbalize how I felt afterwards. And that was the point I was just like, I have to learn this and bring it back to the UK because yeah. all of the t learnings that I've done over the past 15, 16 years compared to this one hour yeah. session, that was all like none avoid. And this one hour session changed me more than anything else. Yeah. Changed yeah. the way I looked at life changed the way I looked at myself. So yeah. I saw how everyone was connected. I saw love. I saw it everywhere. I, I had visions of who who like like in the future in the past. It was extraordinary. Yeah. And I never thought that would be possible without taking lots of drugs or something. Because yes. I've never experienced it before. And it was so powerful. It absolutely blew me away. So being able to give other people that experience is is such a gift. It really is. Yeah, no, no, it was amazing. It was amazing. I, I was walking around for the rest of the day. The next morning, I was walking around in a in a daze, thinking, "What just <laughs> happened to me? What just happened?" And my wife, who's a GP, was saying to me, "Sounds like you've got some sort of hypnosis going on there." And I think it's not. It means not hypnosis, but there's something yeah. that happens which just takes control. And and I want more of it. I, I really do want more of it. And um, hopefully, you will stop traveling soon, and I can come down with my yeah. wife and have a few sessions. You know, definitely. You know what happened to you though, Sand. Yep. You tapped into your body intelligence. You okay. didn't use this. And that's, okay. the, that's, that's the problem we have. We, we're constantly thinking. We're overthinking things. We're reading into things. We wake up in a bad mood. Everything's a bit negative. The... If we get our heads out the way, we can let our bodies heal themselves. Because, you know, our, body, our gut is our second brain. Some people call it the first brain. Yeah, I, I call it my first brain. I yeah. really do. Yeah. yeah. So that, this is the thing that keeps us back. Whereas this, this will keep us healthy and this will lead us a you know, gut reaction, intuition. That isn't all thinking. That's all, that's all this other. That's it's your microbiome. It's your vagus nerve from your gut telling your brain what to do. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So I think that's an important thing for us to learn. I, I Again, before I went into this process, I didn't realize that. I always overthought everything. I was I had anxiety. Mm. I, I Overthinking was my thing. And, and with this, I've managed to stop it. Not not, not all the time. Obviously, I'm human. I, the negative thoughts still come up. But it has helped me, um, yeah, get out of that and just just, just trust my body and, 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 and surrender into it. Because we all want to control. I'm a big control freak. And through inner dance, you have to surrender. Otherwise, it doesn't work. And what, within what that... Yeah, yeah go on. No, go on, go on. And, and within that surrendering, you realize if you let go of control then you let your body do what it's laterally meant to do. Yeah. It's a little yeah. bit like that fasting TV program that you sent me. Yeah. You know, you don't you don't need to have all these external things. You, you know, your your body can recalibrate itself. Yeah. And it does. It it, it, it that's how that's how it works. It's that that that's why that program was so interesting to me. Yes. I've, yeah. I've actually I've actually learned that through hot and cold treatment. So I'm I'm addicted to saunas and then an ice plunge and, oh, yeah. and I I did that this morning and what I've learned is that when you operate at such extremes your your senescent cells start eating each other they start destroying and getting rid of the toxins and I, i've actually found that 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 really works it's the inner healing of yourself and i'm all with that and what i really love about your approach is it's not out there everywhere is it it's not plastered on every billboard it's not plastered on every magazine or instagram unlike you know there, there's lots of breathwork techniques and energy techniques Hence. that are putting virtual reality glasses on stuff and dancing around like the and this that which i'm sure works has its space but yours is understated and yeah. and and I, I believe 
that's where the authenticity comes through and uh, and it's i think it's people like me it's my duty to spread the word and yeah. and 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 on that note lisa how do people find out more about it and how do they book a class and how do they follow amazing you? well Sanj, i've just i'm really excited because my teacher pi who is this, i sent you his book he's an extraordinary yes. guy and and this is why it's understated and this is why it's because of him he does everything for donation. He gives away all of his knowledge. He's an, an extraordinary man. Yep. And um, he has asked me and uh, my friend Tom, who I hold the classes with, unfortunately you didn't meet him, um, yep. to run a year-long study program. So I could, so you learn about how the body works, how energy works. You learn yep. about history. You learn about um, so many different things. There's so many different components. The knowledge is vast. Um, so you're on the study program for a year, and then um, you, you you learn. You can also, by the end of it, you could be a, in a dance facilitator. But the people who are coming okay. on this journey aren't always. They don't all want to be facilitators. They just want to learn and grow. Um, so I will be starting that in December, and uh, and it's and I'm super excited about that. I'd love you to yeah. join. Obviously, I'd really love you I to join. I would love to. I would love to. I would ah, love to. So it's going to be online mainly. And then once a month, we're all going to meet up in person. And then I'm going to do like show you hands on how every, how everything works. So um, that's super exciting. So if, you, if you're interested in joining that, you can reach out to me on um, my website, which is www.lisabutcher.com or on my Instagram, which is where I post my classes and up and coming things, which is Lisa Butcher Official. And just reach out to me and I can let you know more about it. And you have classes at the four in King's Cross as well. I right? do, lovely. Yeah. I have it um, once every month. I also do one-on-ones. I do, um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to do these. Um, I'm still trying to format it like these. Um, I call them pods, but it's like uh, you, 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 you pay for like six weeks, and what I will do is I'll, I'll work out a program for you. So I'll do hypnotherapy mixed within a dance, mixed with other modalities. Um, I teach Reiki as well, so they're they're different things. I'm trying to I'm going to be putting up on my website for next year, so I'm quite excited about all that. We're going to work together on this because I'm doing something similar around hey. the entire health and nutrition space, and and uh, we, with with the emotional, physical, and kind of healing approach. And so yeah, we should compare notes. At some I would time. love, honestly, I would really love that. And how can people hey. find you? Sanjpathak.com is a website. Um, I'm on Instagram as Sanjpathak Life Coach. Um, and hopefully off the back of this podcast, which will soon be on Apple and Spotify. Um, and uh, and again, Lisa, all the details that you've just given are going to be in the show notes. And so people will be able to find you from there. Lisa, that's been amazing. Is there anything else that you want to talk about whilst the opportunities are? Can't think. I'm, I'm sure I'll hang up this phone call. But oh God, I wish I said. But um, yeah. no, I can't think of anything at the moment. But thank you. <laughs> no, that's that's. I'm really humbled to have you on 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 the show. It's it's been it's gone much better than I thought. And it's the one episode where I've actually not referred to my notes all around me that much because I think it's um just something that I've experienced so deeply and oh. and feel so connected with it. And so I want to keep going on. I want to just um, see. This is the no. thing. It's it's attraction, not promotion, right? And it's yeah. only because you've experienced it, you come from that place of experience that you are able to. It's very hard to sell this because it's an internal thing. It's, well, yeah. Well, I looked at what you're doing, and I couldn't sell it. It couldn't sell it to me. Uh, As I said, I came in skeptical. Yeah. And and I think, but if people hear me talk about it, sounds that bloody macho Punjabi guy. If he's talking about it, <laughs> right, there must be something in it. Mm. Oh, amazing! I really appreciate it. it's been such. It's been so lovely chatting to you and connecting with you, and I really appreciate your time. And thank you for asking me to do this. It's been really no special. I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode. Lisa has been so open and transparent. It's been very humbling for me. My one hope is that this episode will remind you to hit the pause button in our truly frantic lives, to listen to your inner voice to align your conscious actions to your subconscious mind in an effort to align your mind and body. I can tell you from my own experience, if the inner dance has resolved my sleep issues that I've had all my life in one session, it's already starting to make me grow young. If you've enjoyed what you've listened to and you want to find out more, please hit the subscribe button or the follow button. If you want to find out more about me, please visit my website, www.sanjpathak.com, my Instagram profile, at Sanjpathak Life Coach, 
or just simply send me a message on my email, which is sanj at sanjpathak.com. Thank you for listening.